You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Go ahead, stand your stand your stand your stand your stand your stand your Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ad Space. Happy New Podcast Year. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, and with me I have Fresh, fresh face for the new year. The most delicious name in podcasting. Elise Bacon. Bacon, how are you? Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Oh! Oh! This show's coming out on, like, the 12th of January. Okay, listen, I ran out of my medication, (laughs) and I didn't have any refills, and it was all bad. Here's Here's the deal. It, the audience should be all all bad i posted it on my facebook but i didn't post it on twitter i'm sorry everybody it was all bad but we're starting off the new year we're gonna be we've got new year plans we've got new year stuff we got a new year website we've got more well, stuff you want to know a secret about the new year's of uh, a secret I've, I've learned is that when it when someone says happy new year when they've seen you for the first time all year and it's past the fifth that means they like you quite a bit so this is a sign of affection like if you see someone on january 15th for the first time since december and they go oh shit happy new year nigga that means they like you in particular that they've saved a little bit of the celebration just for you it's a direct positive so it means it's a sign of affection from us here at Unreasonable Fridays to all of you, Happy New Year on January 12th, 2019. <laughs> or if you're like me, you just got medicated and you can now start saying Happy New Year. <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. We also have a guest. Our first guest of the new year. Our first guest of many guests of this year because ADD Space is going to be guest laden. Y'all don't even know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. Amazing. We're gonna have. We're gonna have Jennifer Lopez, Marshall Mathers, Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, Mahershala Ali. Is this? We're having my husband. Yes, you guys got married and nobody knew, and it's very important that you know at least we have him on the show to figure out you know what he's into, whether he plays any games, what's he into, you know, you know how. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna watch True Detective. I'm gonna talk to him about that wig and how many white people have to. How many white people were involved in that weird wig he has to have on his head when he's just fine bald? Bald people existed in the eighties. They existed. He's a very sexy bald man too. Right, right. So yes, but we have a guest, uh, Justin of the Three Fifths Podcast, sir. Hey, we closed out the year with him. We're opening the year with him, Justin. Yo, what's going on? Um, that wig is god awful, by the way. It is. <laughs> It is atrocious. It is a tragedy. I don't understand why they do this to black people. Like, we don't, like, we're at the point now where whatever is on our scalps is acceptable. So yes. you don't need, like, I would love it if, like, he was bald and Michonne was bald. Like, we're, we get it. Like, she's more famous as a Koye now. She can be bald. Just let her be bald. Like, literally, just let, the, let her have no hair and don't say anything. <laughs> Right. Don't but say you don't need to. Oh, but it's not like the comic. Well, guess what? It's like deny. It's a uh, like a Denai Guerrero now. Right. She's she's now so famous that the wig looks worse than it did two years ago. Yeah. Done with it. Same with Marshall Ali. He's too famous for that shitty wig. He's too famous. Should we just make a list of black people who are too famous for their shitty wigs? 
Yes, we can do that over the week. Yes, we could come back okay. with a listen. Can we add Viola Davis to this? Yes! Oh, God, She's yes. the queen of Too Famous for your shitty wigs. And they've put her in so many terrible wigs. Stop! So many. So <laughs> many. She is our greatest actress. Stop! And right. pay her! How are you going to lowball her as a black lady actress and then have her put on your shitty wigs? <laughs> That's racism! It's a hate crime! Bullshit. Starting out 2019 with the hate crime of the year. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, this, this is the crisis of our generation. Right. If, if, we, if we do not take a stand for black actors who have to wear crappy wigs, then what will we stand for? Right. Elite actors. I, I agree with this. I'm, I'm here for this. Burn the wigs. Burn the wigs. Burn them. Okay. Instead of bra burning, it's wig burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some mild housekeeping. Keep everyone abreast of the situation. We have a website. A proper new. website. Fresh it's and new. Shiny. Uh, unfpodcast.com. That's uh, unfpodcast.com. It's new and shiny and has, which is my favorite new section, a host section where you can figure out how to properly keep track of your favorite voices in Unreasonable Friday. So you might be listening to this for the new year and be like, who the fuck is Elise Bacon with the enchanting voice? You can look them up on, on unfpodcast.com. You can figure out their own situation. Elise Bacon has their own Etsy. Was it Etsy.com backslash lost in pandemonium? Correct. You have. There's art on there. It's pretty damn good shit, too. You sell art. You have uh, Patreon. Which is, was it patreon.com backslash? I don't remember that's a lost in pandemonium or a bacon in pandemonium. I don't remember. It is lost in pandemonium. Patreon.com backslash lost in pandemonium. Like the Etsy, lost in pandemonium. And there is a Twitch channel, which bacon, you stream three times a week, three times a week. Three times a week. That's twitch.tv backslash the baconzilla. No numbers. No, nothing, just the Baconzilla. And I stream on Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays at 8 p.m. PST. And sometimes it's 8.30 because I have chronic CPT. Yes, I think we nailed it all. I think we got it all right. I think so. All right. There's a show. Bacon, lead the way. There's okay. a show. Okay, what do we want to talk about first? <laughs> do we want to talk about Overwatch or do we want to talk about Destiny? There's a lot. There, we can we can lead with Overwatch because it's important that we uh, make make our position clear here on okay. Unreasonable Fridays <laughs> okay. and and friends. Unreasonable Fridays and friends and friends. Justin is a friend and friends. He, he's you the and F and F. He's the home <laughs> who I. God, I love it. You and F and F. Yes. Um, uh, Justin, who is, I've gotten deeply into the deep, dark holes of mining of Final Fantasy 14. No, no. Okay. Not only have you sucked me into the trap that is gathering in an MMO, um, it's a never ending cycle. <laughs> it has gotten to the point where I have downloaded apps on my Chrome and my phone to keep track of when certain nodes are active so that I can go there and gather them. 
this is who I am now. <laughs> He's so mad at me. But also, now that I've hit the end of this current season of Final Fantasy XIV, and I'm in all the post-game stuff, the last, the, the big alliance raid, which is the 24-person raid, it is a love letter to my favorite Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy Tactics. What? So it is. So again, I have to curse Bacon's name because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life here. This is who I am now. This you is this is what I do now. You should also be cursing your brother. But I think it was I really think it was a team effort between me and your brother. It was a coordinated effort. Uh the the, the two of you were slowly working me. Um although now I'm regretting past Justin if I had just started this when he started, <laughs> instead of being too cool for school. Uh I wouldn't have to do. I wouldn't have to do all this catch up, but now I think I'm thoroughly caught up. I have one max class. I'm about to max out my DPS class, and then I can max my healer class, and then I'll have one of each. And I think I'm good there. I'll, I'll just stop. I won't go to any other classes. I'll just have one max tank, one max DPS, one max healer, max out a gatherer, and I'll be good. I'm not getting into crafting. That is, you can have that. I've I've seen the stress that it causes. I'm good. Uh, I'm so good. He says that, but he probably won't get into crafting, but I would put money. He's going to level up another gatherer or two, the other two gatherers, and probably a few more classes. I'm probably going to get into crafting because I saw how easy it is to make the sword I want. Oh, like, I, oh forgot, this, I forgot this to is... make your sword. <laughs> oh, right. I, I, I had forgotten about that. I just looked at the recipe and I was like, hey, this is actually really easy to make. I can do this. Literally have all but two items and they're really inexpensive and I just keep forgetting. Like I I'm a hoarder, so like I already have like Justin's sword that he wants specifically only it's just for cosmetic purposes cuz the game really lets you do cosmetic stuff. Like right now, I have the high class basic bitch of all outfits. I got a raincoat and Uggs, nigga. <laughs> Got pumpkin spiced out rain coat. It is sleek, it is fancy, and I got Uggs. My Lalafell looks adorable and really expensive. It's like 15 million gil worth of outfit. <laughs> but worth it. Right. The whole outfit is just like gill flex. So I just walk around going, uh. And the and the hat that my character is wearing is like from a Valentine's event like two years ago. You can only get it by spending real life money now. So do you step long and slow in the lobbies now? You just take your time. I do. Uh, I do sometimes. Uh, I'll, I'll walk it up and down Hawker's Alley and just be like, uh. <laughs> and pose. And pose. I've actually had somebody look at me and be like, "Nice hat." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's an original. You can't get these anymore. <laughs> and because I'm a Lalafell, I get like, and well-dressed Lalafell, I get random hugs and like head pats because my Lalafell stands out. <laughs> it's real in these streets. <laughs> the, the best part is there is now a thread on Reddit where everyone is dedicated to creating the most basic glamour ever. And someone did, they had the the sweater 
or the the button up shirt with the sweater over the shoulders. Yeah, they, fat, they dyed pants so they look like khakis. They have like loafers, <laughs> and they're on their cell phone. It's like I've made the ultimate white boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know they did, and they're on the. They took the picture on the beach too. Yes, they've added this. It's called. It's a tome. It's it's a tombstone because there's like no things, but it it glows so it looks like a cell phone. So you there's a cell phone emote now, so you can just stand there on your cell phone looking basic. Like they took like somebody else took like a human female and then they gave they like had her in jean shorts and a white t shirt <laughs> and uh and like just flip flops and had her on the cell phone. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen, everybody. It really is. Uh, it's a great time. Um, if you're looking for an MMO to get into. Uh, the first hit is free. You can do the free trial until level 30. Give it a whirl. And then once you hit level 10 and realize, oh God, I'm going to be playing this for the rest of my life, um, as I did, just just go ahead and take the plunge. Yep. And so if you are black and queer and or black or queer um, and you need a guild, a community that is safe, you can come to ours. I need more crafters. I need more DPS because DPS are terrible. But your DPS won't be terrible because we will help you. If you're tired of toxic masculinity, all up in the videos, dancing, rubbing their hands come to death row. Rubbing their hands together. <laughs> anyway, back to Overwatch. <laughs> Wasn't there a patch in Final Fantasy? Yes, there was a patch. Patch 4.5. That's how I got my raincoat. Okay. okay you need more. And right now, I'm script farming so I can get a matching raincoat for my chocobo. <laughs> uh, it's 1,600 yellow scripts, and I am all over it. That's what I like to hear. Now, does that mean I'm going to be putting off my botanist's main tool for a minute? Absolutely, because Bish raincoat. That's my favorite thing about hearing about Final Fantasy or watching the streams. Actually, I watch a lot of Final Fantasy 14 streams is watching the streamer lose their shit over some outfits. <laughs> like yes. they'll be like they'll be raiding calmly for an hour and then they'll be walking around the lobby and all of a sudden, like I'll, I'm not paying attention. They were raiding. All of a sudden they're done and I'll hear them go ah! and I'll look and they're just like they're like their characters wearing something and they're just spinning it around. Like, oh, my God. And I'm just like. You, I just saw you do a raid silently. <laughs> I heard you do a raid completely <laughs> silently for 20 minutes. But you got this raincoat, though. <laughs> and it's on right now. Freaking out. The hun and the chat's lit. Chat's lit. All emojis, all emojis going down the damn thing. And I'm just like, all right. I love you guys. So, yes. Please Bish continue. got a raincoat and Uggs. <laughs> I love my raincoat. I love my Uggs. <laughs> It took me so much time to get those damn Uggs, too. Because <laughs> I'm like, I am not spending two million gil on Whisper Fine boots. I will craft them myself. And then I realized I already had, like, all but two of the ingredients. And I was like, I just need Whisper Fine fur, which is only a Whisper Fine leather, which is only, it only drops from treasure maps. And it's a random drop in treasure map. So it's like, 
like one piece is like a million <laughs> but um on on saturdays um people who don't understand how economics works and just want to try and make a quick buck uh flood the mar- flood the auction house with stuff and just drop all the prices mm. so um on the other day i managed to get some whisper fine leather for like like 200,000 <laughs> Yeah, it went from like a couple million to two hundred thousand in like twenty four hours. <laughs> because again, people who don't understand how economics works. So, I'm like, yes, give me that. Mm-hmm. And I made my Uggs, <laughs> and they're legit Uggs, like straight up. They are Uggs. It's great. I know they look. They look classy. I mean, so I thought of Rod when I made my outfit, and I was really sad that when I posted it on social media, Rod didn't say anything about it. It wasn't basic enough for His Royal Highness. <laughs> well, in fairness, uh, is he um is he up on the Final Fantasiness of what you're doing? I I feel like that. I feel like he. Probably I might posted have it, it all over social media. Right? Did you tag him I... though? Because you know he's you, you let him know that the Uggs. I didn't want to. No, no. I didn't want to be too presumptuous, so I'm deciding to do the Leo thing and call him out on my podcast. Oh, right. Because you, you the, the 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 subtlety missed. So now we're just gonna use people's direct <laughs> names on the internet and then make sure that at least five to eight hundred, five hundred to a thousand people download it, and then it comes back to them. Perfect. <laughs> We skipped over. Yeah, that, seems, that seems legit. We skipped that, that, over. That is the actually the way to go. The middle ground got skipped. We got in an Iron Man suit and flew over it. I'm and... a Leo. I just. Oh, I understand. Do things. I understand. What are rails? What are rails indeed? Overwatch. <laughs> so, oh God, Overwatch. Oh God. Oh God. Overwatch. Uh, okay. So, I don't even know how to open this. It's so wild. Uh, Overwatch and in the continuation of Blizzard being absolute nonsense. Um, uh, I'm going to start from the beginning. Once upon a time, there was a team called Second Wind. And they are in the Overwatch League. They're a small team. They're looking for a player. And they signed on this mysterious new rookie player named Ellie and there was no information about them they wanted to stay anonymous because why wouldn't a female gamer want to stay anonymous in these internet streets in the world of esports why would a female player not want to stay anonymous like it's clearly there are reasons and then all these conspiracy theories started happening and people were there was both joy from all over of yes north america has their first female gamer and it was glorious and the people cheered and then on the other side of the realm in dark evil horde realm there was viciousness and anger and rage and they came up and were like we're gonna dox this person because they are clearly a smurf account 
And in response to this, Ellie and another um, very large Overwatch person, Punisher, did a live stream together to prove that Ellie was Ellie. And did the live stream with them. But people were just like, no, this is a man. This is a man playing. And they're just using a female voice. And there's no way this is a real person. Hmm. And it was all garbage. It was just all garbage. All over the esports world. It was just all garbage. People not even interested in Overwatch were just like, no, the girls can't play games. This is fake. And then there was there were articles that are like men are trash, cis hetero men are trash, esports isn't ready for women. This is why. And lo and behold, it comes out that actually this was actually a fake person. Hmm. <laughs> this was actually a fake person. Uh, Second Wind didn't actually know it was a fake person because they just didn't do a thorough background check. They were trying to do the. <laughs> They were a first, they were in a rush to get a new person on their slot, and two, they just really didn't want to, um, they didn't want to, uh, you know, get in the way of this person's privacy. They're like, Yeah, clearly, we understand why a woman gamer would want to stay anonymous and just focus on the game. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, Blizzard actually did their own investigation into it. Um, there's a lot of speculation as to who this player would be. Um, some people are saying it straight up was Punisher, but mm. the identity of the player has not been confirmed. It has not been confirmed by Overwatch nor Second Wind or any of the players on Second Wind. And to be honest, none of them had any idea. Like even the team members just didn't, they just didn't know. Um, and so, like, Second Wind had released a statement that they just desperately needed a substitute and they just wanted to fill the main position um, and with a closing deadline for roster submissions. Uh, they just extended the offer to Ellie to be a substitute. And, like, there was nothing. They just, they, they weren't suspicious of anything. And like I said, like, uh, Blizzard was like, yep, nope, this was definitely a fake account. Nobody, they didn't identify the player, like I said, but yeah. And then every, and then the same people that were like going, let's dox this person, let's dox them. were like, yes, see, I told you it was a man all along. It was a man. Right. And then they also went in on like Nick Grayson over at Kotaku who had written about it and they were yelling at him for poor journalism for releasing articles without all the facts. Right. <laughs> when actually it's really funny now, granted there's a lot of shit that Grayson can be held for. Like there, there's a lot of stuff they'd write that's just totally out of his lane, but he actually was okay this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no he did the right thing like he was actually like it was actually good it was, it was all right this time he didn't do anything wrong and people were just like see i told you ethics and journalism <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that so as you said that i was like oh i get it these are old gamer gators that's what this is 
It's all about ethics and games journalism when he actually did the ethical thing and did his investigation. Like, it'd be one thing if he knowingly withheld the facts, but the facts were withheld from him. Right. So... And, like, all the facts that people were bringing were literally just screenshots of conversations. And you can't verify screenshots of conversations. It was There was a lot of he said, she said, or this person told me, or I heard it from this person. From right. just, like, and I don't know what it is. Apparently, everybody outside of the Overwatch League is just trash. <laughs> like, everybody but... in, like, Overwatch esports, but not in the league is just trash. Right. Like, I don't know why. Like, this is just this weird thing. But it's like, they're crying about, oh, you have to be ethical. It's like, if he had done what you're suggesting, that's not ethical. Right. You you and your biases just happened to be right, broken clock. Right? Like, right. If you were basing your assumption on, okay, this person says they're a girl and they're good, they can't be a girl. Right? That was the basis of their assumption. Um... <laughs> there was no fact in that. It was just like, girls can't plead good at Overwatch. She must be a fake. She must be a bot. And it's like, okay, it turns out you were correct in this instance, but your reasoning wasn't correct. Right. And like the whole thing too of it is like, and this is why I say the entire thing from head down is trash. Like top to bottom, it's trash. Like they're first off, they should be doing background checks on their players. And I know, oh, and I know like when they you like full on like get in there i know there are background checks on players um like i know when you actually like get into the league i know there's like they make sure that everybody is who they say they are um uh but like first off you should be having background checks on players uh second win should have really like i understand there we want to respect this person's privacy but we were also in a rush and we just didn't follow protocol correctly like both of those two things are true um, so they really fucked up there. And uh, the person who decided to run this social experiment to show like what women go through in games, like that's also fucked up. <laughs> like you don't, there's no reason to do that. There's like hundreds of like professional women gamers out there who can literally tell you why. There's people who like are in Overwatch right now who aren't as players but like, um, oh God, what's her name? She's she's coaches the team. Like she's a full on coach, and I can't remember her name. But she's like, she even said she's like, yeah, I don't want to be a player. She's like, I'm a coach because of X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z being like, these people are trash. <laughs> That's fair. She's like, I'll just coach. She's like, I cannot handle what being an actual player entails as like a female gamer like I cannot do that and so this also makes it way harder for any other female players like and the next female player who who joins in it, it's gonna be non-stop I mean we like people already think that female players are faking that they can't play but it's gonna be like 50 times worse when like a female player actually steps up and tries to like actually get in there and be the like. The other thing is like the, the you see how they treat presumed women. Why would I want to put myself through that? Like that's the other thing. Um, right. And and this is something Blizzard and all the other esports leagues are gonna have to figure out. Your leagues can't grow 
if half of the world's population doesn't feel comfortable playing. And that's not even getting it. That, that, that's just the gender dynamic. We're not even getting into the race dynamic, the sexuality dynamic, right? Like you are cutting your potential audience and workforce down exponentially by allowing this toxicity, Listen, by tolerating this toxicity. Somebody made a video of Sonic Fox's threads and like they went off of one of his tweet threads and like, I, I can't remember what Sonic Fox is saying, something about like how he doesn't prioritize being here or whatever. It, it was, it didn't matter. Like it made sense in the context and somebody literally made like a video of all of the tweets of Sonic Fox saying, I, nigga, I'm gay. <laughs> As in trying to say that like, look, this is being gay is all he ever talks about. He's just trying to leverage his gayness. What? And I'm like, like did a whole took a video of all Sonic Fox's threats, like <laughs> said like I'm gay. That person didn't even doesn't even follow Sonic Fox. Obviously, because they wouldn't notice the fact that he wins every game, he wins every tournament, every game he plays. That's that's what he's leveraging, being the best in the world right. at what he does. <laughs> that's, right. that's he's it. really good. <laughs> yes, he's frighteningly good. He's the he's the best fighting right. game player we have ever seen in our lives. <laughs> amazing yeah right. so that's the serena he's... williams of fighting games if you will right and he's precious right he's my he's my favorite because i like it when i like it when he's in full sonic fox gear and he's yeah. like winning he's beating someone who's visibly uncomfortable with the fact that the man next to him is also beating him soundly and has the hel the full-on furry helmet on and is destroying him and sometimes he'll look at the camera with the furry helmet on and you see him looking at the camera and the dude next to him like you must be so uncomfortable because <laughs> right. let, let's let, let's keep it a buck a lot of the people in the tournaments that sonic fox that sonic fox participates in are uncomfortable losing to a queer black furry Right. They are so they're uncomfortable with the whole damn thing. Right. All and there's it. nothing they can do about and it. And there's nothing because he's destroying them. That's what fascinates me is about his ability to play three and four games at a high enough level to place top three and five four three or four different games while everyone's trying to destroy him. He's kinda like he's kinda like getting everyone's best shot because nobody wants to lose to him. So everyone's going at him super hard across several games all right. weekend. And he's right. just and he's just destroying them. Oh, it's great. Right. Him. And it's not like the games are similar. Nope. Mechanically. Nope, very different mechanically. Nah, nah, I see my man out here playing, it, it, he's playing Dragon what, Ball. What is Dragon Ball Z, Smash Brothers? Uh, I thought Soul Calibur as well. He plays Soul Calibur. He's playing Injustice. I saw him play Injustice, yeah. Mortal Kombat, Smash Brothers, Soul Calibur, and Dragon Ball Z in one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sir. No, he's just, he's just brilliant. Sir. He's absolutely amazing. I love him. Right. And he's just precious and he just makes everyone so uncomfortable he's delightful and yes right. also Williams, furries make you uncomfortable you just need to deal with that like i don't even like i don't know like i'm not gonna lie it's a scale and niggas just got on a furry helmet like that's fine <laughs> like i don't know maybe it's me maybe i'm old but i have the exact i'm like there's so much stuff going on i really really am happy that that is the worst of my troubles right now on the screen i am delighted great i i think i think his helmet's cute right I was like, all right, that's cool. Also, I've known furries for forever. I'm not a furry. Um, but I literally like my friends are furries. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, like, leave a 
leave furries alone. Let them do their thing. There's nothing to be uncomfortable about. Look, man, we're 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 we're, we're grown. Like we're all adults. Be adults. You know, want to be a child, sit in your pajamas and eat cereal. That's the cool child thing to do. That's the appropriate childlike thing to do. Let's all sit in our onesies and eat cereal and watch cartoons. Yep. That's the appropriate way to be a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, that also sounds like a great way to be an adult. I but... am a grown ass child. <laughs> I, I've made, isn't that why I'm we're... a 32 year old child. Isn't that the point of being an adult, being a successful adult? Is so that you can be as much of a child as you want without anyone saying anything. You can afford the child because, by the way, the child lifestyle is expensive. The video games, yeah, the, the onesies, yeah, is. the costumes, the gear, the toys, the posters, everything is expensive. <laughs> so the adult childhood lifestyle requires you to make a decent living. Do you know how much this Pokemon hat is? This Snorlax hat that I'm wearing, this official Pokemon Company Snorlax hat I'm wearing, is like thirty dollars. Exactly. That shit's expensive. Right. This this pronoun pin that's on it, that's $10. Adult childhood is a true symbol of adult success. If you I are doing, if you are doing, adult, listen, if you've survived, <laughs> if you've survived and managed to manage to build some type, be an adult child in any way, then you're good to go. You're, you're, you're doing okay for yourself. I'm saying it's just not cheap. It's just not cheap to pr continue these pursuits because these pursuits are like the backbone of several industries now. <laughs> so it's like we just everyone's making banks. So this is we it costs us more. We have to get in. We have to work for it. So yeah, shout out to you if you're listening to this in a onesie, playing phone games, walking around, walking around with your Pokemon gear on. Kudos to you, adult. Nicely done. Okay. That's true. Now see now now I didn't I. Like both Aaron and Justin didn't know the full Overwatch story, so they're like both hearing like all of it from beginning to end, like for the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was what I caught up. I thought there's something else that happened, and then <laughs> it, it. I'm not surprised at anything that has transpired. Right. Well, watching it because I I was literally watching it just happening from beginning to end, and I was like, I'm not going to comment on this until this is all over. Because it was all bad. This is there isn't a single side of this that isn't bad, right? And again, th this and this isn't a problem unique to Blizzard. Um, Blizzard just happens to be the one sketching it this week. Like this is a problem Blizzard has. When you want to push your game to the forefront of these esports leagues, you got to figure out how to cut out shit like this. Also, if you're trying to promote diversity and say that you've got one of the d most diverse games, you also got to cut this shit out. Right. There's also that part. And the Blizzard's really trying to be like, look, we're diverse. Speaking of which, um, Blizzard hit the Mayday button. Mayday, fix it, fix it. And they released crucial information via the comic that 76, Soldier 76, is not hetero. Dun, dun, dun! My God, there's uh, several YouTubers have called. They said they, they they described it as hitting the emergency woke button, which is funny and annoying. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now the funny thing is, is one Blizzard actually needed to hit that button. Right. Two, I don't care. 
I, I, make a nigga gay. It's one of the things that I don't think like the, the angry white boys. They say they ask sometimes. They'll ask, "Do you do you, how, how are you okay with being pandered to?" And you're responding. I think it's respond, great. It's fantastic. I love it's, being I, delightful. Freak out. Pandering. Freak out. Freak out because I'm displeased and buy me dinner every single time. Every buy time. Buy me dinner. It's true. Rub my back. You know what? That's fine. You spent the whole week last week fucked up. Buy me dinner. This character. Who is the who is the old white grizzled soldier stereotype to end them all? It's not straight. Take it. There you go. How about that? That's fine. Okay, I'm fine with I'm fine with that. I I enjoy being pandered to. It's delightful because um you know every white folks been pandered white boys been pandered to for um up until about three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Two thousand maybe fifteen, I think was when Bioware. Started the started the practice of trolling oh, well, the white boys. It was happening before that because look at how uh, uh, that's literally why Gamergate happened. Oh, Gamergate the was summer of 2012. Yep. Oh, okay. Wow, that's so wild. Time well, no, 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 no. So that's what Gamergate ended up becoming. But it started because some dude got pissed that his ex published the game on Steam. Right, but the whole all of Gamergate was literally a. Uh, just a counterculture thing. Yeah, it, it it was white people realizing, oh my god, no, white men specifically realizing, we're not the center of attention anymore. That that's Riot. literally what Gamergate was. That's why if you look at everybody that they really went hard against, that's definitely huge proof of it. That's also part of why we call it the precursor to the 2016 election. Yeah, because a lot and of it's the same people. And also, a lot of neo-Nazis and, like, literal neo-Nazis and far-right extremists looked at that and said, yo, this is the next culture war. This is how we're going to start our recruiting. Right. Um, and they pulled people directly out of that. That's how Milo, whatever his fucking last name, like, he got yep. because of Gamergate. That's how he got hired at Breitbart. Like... Like, like literal, like people on the Trump campaign and in part of the Trump news and part of like the YouTube channels that were like going huge on white supremacist stuff and just anti-gay stuff, like all of that came out of, the, they were the same people in Gamergate. So the, the, the thing that Gamergate used to do, because when let's be real, when black women specifically like pointed out, yo, Gamergate, they're a bunch of literal Nazis. They used to be like, oh, oh, oh you can't just call everyone Nazi. And then it's like, oh no, you guys are actual Nazis. Right. right. Like, this is, you're Nazis and white supremacists. And all of the tactics that Gamergate used, uh, my personal favorite was Not Your Shield, where they would create sock puppet accounts of black people. Yeah. Like, they can't be racist because I'm a black person and I am not your shield. And I'm like, a basic logic check shows that you are actively being a shield for their shitty behavior. So you are, in fact, their shield. Mm -hmm. um, right. Also, which is also, <laughs> yeah, also, um, and that's where, um, again, black woman leading the charge, your slip is showing. That's how that got started. Like all, all of these movements can be traced back to that summer of 2012. Um, yep. And there was, I want to say it was BuzzFeed that they released a bunch of the emails and communications between Steve Bannon and Milo where Bannon explicitly references Gamergate. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, Gamergate was not the start of it, but Gamergate was a huge turning point for far-right, 
for far-right white nationalist extremists to up their recruitment. Um, right. That, and, and in that, they realized that they could, they could radicalize other white people, other younger white people, um, through video games, through nerd culture, through comic books, through movies, that comics gate. Yeah, through all of that. Um, that's how PewDiePie ended up becoming a Nazi. He was radicalized to that same circle because white people have the... When white people are challenged on anything, they realize it was really easy to reinforce that, oh, no, you're not... You're, you're being challenged on? You don't actually need to change. That's just the world being overly sensitive. They took the same tactics that um, Al-Qaeda used after... Russia and Afghanistan, where they, they found a bunch of young men needing validation, a bunch of young men needing guidance. And they said, hey, look, they've abandoned you. But if you follow us, you get this. The, wor the world is changing. This is the West's fault. Remember all those traditional values that you used to hold on to? Well, guess what? We're fighting for those. And you can get what you want by lying with us. You tired right. of all these women driving? Align with us, right? It, <laughs> right. Like, well, that, that is a huge, yeah, yeah. Is a huge thing. And it's just wild because like I, I know we repeat this a lot but i really need this to sink into people's heads because again all these things that we're talking about is super important um the whole thing with pewdiepie uh a thing about that is like he was the sec what the second or third largest youtube channel like like he had mm -hmm. it but I believe there was an ASMR channel that was technically like number one. Did you miss this? I don't, it was a completely non-gaming relating YouTube channel. It was yeah. definitely feminine and it was number one. And what, what ended up happening, and I thought this was pretty gross because again, it revolved around PewDiePie and you could definitely see where, what was happening is, is a bunch of other like, uh, YouTube streamers and gamer, like specifically like gaming YouTube streamers, uh, a lot of men were specifically like, here, everybody go subscribe to PewDiePie's channel to make his the number one. Right. And that and like, happened. Like Markiplier. Markiplier was part of that. Yeah. Oh, no. J just a reminder in case anyone forgot, still a white dude. Right. Still a white dude. Um, your faves are trash. There are no heroes. Um, my my other favorite PewDiePie story is when he noticed that when he started fucking up his bag for real, um, after he fucked up his Disney deal, and he was like, I am being silenced because I am a white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh, I remember that. That was he he had just made Nazi jokes about was it was this the time he said killing was this the time we said kill the Jews or was this the time where he trolled indigenous people he'd done something horrendous and I Disney who Disney said look dude all you got to do is play video games with a high pitched voice we will give you millions of dollars right bro just, just don't be racist don't be racist he couldn't even meet the bare minimum yeah, no, I think that one was the anti Jewish one yeah which he had done before. He had been he'd been making like Jew cooking jokes for years and yes. he's been saying nigger on air for I don't even know how long. And so the fact that he was like, whoops, I said it and people were flipping out. And I'm like, dude, these you can go back through his old streams. He says it like all the time. Yep. He's garbage. He's been garbage. So yeah, there's like that a lot of people definitely think like this counterculture thing, this 
this wave against, um, uh, you know, various marginalized people has been, is super recent. No, it's been, it's been going for a while. It's just, you're seeing it happening more in, um, spaces that you just don't think about. Like again, nerd spaces, people like to ignore nerd spaces. They like to think of it as it's not that serious, but there's a lot of places where this shit is happening. It's a great like, it's a great indication of where stuff is happening and where it's going, and people just really need to start paying more attention to it. Yeah, they, they, they like to ignore a niche community. Oh, it's just video games. No, it's a reflection of life. Right. Like, we have that huge joke of ignore the comments section. I'm like, well, guess what? Those are actually real people making those comments. Right. And, like, yes, there are people who make bots, but there are real people who made those bots to do those things. Like, all of this, like, it's not all in a vacuum. It shouldn't be ignored. And there are people who, again, believe these bots. They, like, believe them. Right. Bots are effective because they work. Right. right? Like, like people, the, um, the whole bot thing on Facebook where they were creating all these fake profiles, it was so effective because they got people to buy into it. Right? Like, it's not like they were pushing some wildly absurd idea they pushed something that other people bought into and shared and the bot became a, the bot became real, right? right? Because the people around it believed in it enough to make, it's like Peter Pan. Oh, if you just clap your hands and believe, then the Nazi becomes real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had this image of Tinkerbell Nazi. Oh my God, no. <laughs> she has blonde hair, blue eyed, so. I mean, it's only fair to balance out all the amount of the, the sexual imagery I've seen Tinkerbell involved in. So balance is fair, I guess. It's fair play. So that is a horrifying thought. It's that was. I mean, I, I don't know to tell you. That's been around since I was a child on the internet. Since uh, I was on my 56k modem, <laughs> getting annoyed that people were receiving calling the house at all. How dare they call the house while I'm on America Online? Oh man! Right. I used to think I was balling with 28.8. Right. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm very familiar with. So it's only fair. The balance is only fair. <laughs> oh, that twenty-eight point eight. Yes. Sorry, youngins, you just might not know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I realize that it's. An, I realize it is an older person thing. I, I remember the um, Mindscape discs, the America Online disc. Yes, Mindscape. The Mindscape. Talk about. Do you remember Prodigy? Yes, yes I, I had Prodigy. Right. I remember. We went from Prodigy to something to Juno. I remember the, the maze game that came with Prodigy. Okay, that maze game was dope. I I don't I don't think I even got close to the end. I beat it. But well now I have to know how it ends. You'll have to tell me after the show I how remember. it ends. I don't remember. I just remember beating it because I played it endlessly. <laughs> I fucking love that maze game. <laughs> Like I was drawing, little six-year-old Justin was drawing the map as he was going through the maze because there was no map on the screen. No so I was like, okay, I went here. I made a left here. There's a wall, so that means there's a wall here. Um, I also oh. think that's why I like the the Etrian Odyssey series um, from Atlas because you essentially have to draw the map yourself. Yeah, that game is so good. Um, they they actually have a Persona style. Etrian Odyssey, the Persona Q series. It's just Etrian Odyssey with Persona characters. 
Oh. Um, it's really good. So the first one is Persona 3 and 4, and I think the next one is going to be 3, 4, and 5. Okay, okay, okay. But do you remember when games used to come with, like, a notebook? Yes. So you can yes, I do. write all your notes and things. Like, I... I'm pretty sure my dad still has our um, Indiana Jones notebooks from like the because when uh, the in, Indiana Jones games was like what what was it fucking Windows three point two, um, three point one uh yeah oh my god and like okay so you have to hit this letter because Jehovah is actually with an I, so you want the I instead of the J to break through the floor to get in the secret catacombs underneath the thing. And then you had to, like, draw out them. And then, like, they even had, like, maps of, like, here's the whole layout of the dungeon, but you don't know where you are. So you have to be like, I start here. Okay, here's a note. I'm going to make this note over here. God, the days. Okay, but it's so less complicated now. Right. There's just more of it, and well, they, they've made simple, simpler things more complicated, but overall, games are infinitely less complicated than they were when we were young. They're so much less complicated. Um, it's actually kind of fun, because I have, I do have, like, this, it's just one of my Otomi games, one of my Otomi romance games, but one of the reasons I really like it is, okay, one, the writing is superb, but two, there's random quizzes in it. Like, straight up, there's quizzes. And sometimes I'm like, wait, I can't do this in my head. I actually have to get out a piece of paper and, like, do do either straight up math or, like, there'll be trick word problems. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's this. And sometimes they'll just be trick questions. Like, one of them was like, you have four candidates. And it's like, uh, this person, and, and here's a poll. This person gets this percentage of the poll. This person gets this percentage of the poll. This person came in lower than this person who got this percentage of the poll. Who is the most like, like who has, what candidate has a chance to win? And the answer is all, all of them. Because that's how elections work and <laughs> poll data is wrong. <laughs> As 2016 showed us. No, right, but that's literally the answer is pulled out it can't be trusted. Yeah. This reminds me of Persona, where yeah. half of the half of the game is you're actually in school studying. And I hope you didn't skip any of your lessons because that will come up on a test. And if you <laughs> fail those tests, you're gonna miss out on some of the better personas in the game. Right. I'm just like I'm learning from my game. Right. And uh, you, you'll have a you'll have a quiz about Greek history um whatever other subjects you're taking because it's go, wake up go to school save the world part of that is going to school um yeah and um it's really funny too because um uh the world ends with you has like quizzes kind of like that too where like you can get into certain areas that'll give you like bonus items but in order to access that area you have to answer the reaper's quiz and sometimes those quizzes are like, what shop owner on the other side of the map carries what object? And the others are, here's a math lesson. I'm just like, oh, game, I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, off the rails. So 76 is gay. 
Overwatch is trash. Gamergate is trash. Nick Grayson actually did the right thing for once. <laughs> and now we've got Destiny MMO talk. Pew, pew, pew. Um, actually, I was one. I wanted to run this by you because what it looks like is happening is um, Destiny is, uh, well, to one thing, uh, Bungie broke up with Activision. So they're no which is good because now, well, the possibility that we don't necessarily have to get a corporate mandated Destiny 3, the possibility that we just kind of add on to Destiny 2 for three or four years, which would be much better given all the content, even all, given the template that they have instead of them. Because they were, they were on the hook for three whole games. So after next right. year, they were going to be making a Destiny 3 whether we wanted it or not. I don't want it. Right. I, we were not in a place for a Destiny 3. They literally just got Destiny right, just right now, in this Black Armory DLC, which I think is the most important DLC they've ever put out. Ever. Because they did it. I think they did it. I think they, they stopped fucking around, and they were like, we're going to treat this like an MMO. We're going to, instead of having those weird two-hour-long campaigns with some grinding at the end that take you two weeks to complete the entirety of, they were like, we're going to drip feed you content. We're going to add on a new game system. We're going to give you items to manage within the game system within an ongoing narrative that you will not resolve for months. If you want to figure out how this ends, you just have to keep playing. If you were looking to stop, we're sorry. <laughs> we, yeah. we cannot help you here. <laughs> and so, so that, that, that is when Destiny is at its best. And I think because I've talked to um, Asia about this, I think destiny shot themselves in the foot in the beginning definitely when they pushed themselves as a spiritual successor to halo right i have no emotional attachment to halo so that meant nothing to me i just saw a game i was like oh, okay this looks like it could be like a more it's borderlands played straight and then i played it in that first week and i was like oh, okay no this is this is an mmo I, I've played enough MMOs to know what an MMO is. And I remember Bungie was adamant in the beginning. Destiny is not an MMO. And I'm like, right. Hub world. Check. Vendors. Check. Uh, Weekly events. Open world running around with everyone. And I see everybody and we're all doing different things in, in a linear story. Check. This is an MMO. Oh, what's that? A uh, superficial uh item grinding at the end once you've hit a level cap yeah that's straight out of an mmo this is an mmo guys you made an mmo right and they've been fighting that bungie has been wrestling against that title for the entirety of destiny right up until yeah. destiny 2 they were like you know what it was like a kid freaking out and trashing their room it was just like we're not an mmo and, and I'm they, like, you are an MMO. Be the MMO. And then they were like, fuck you, mom. And then they threw the chair up against the wall and broke all the glasses. So Destiny 2 had nothing in it. So then they released the whole last sequel to Destiny 1. They were like, this is not an MMO. Here's why this game has nothing in it. And then mom sat, <laughs> mom sat them down and went, so hey. You're going to have to move out. All of this. Right. Not only are you going to have to move out, you're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to pay me back. You're going to have to pay me back by this date. And I expect some serious changes. Right. <laughs> and Otherwise, I'm not paying for your college. Right. And the Forsaken DLC was essentially them getting a job. And the Black Armory was then keeping a job. <laughs> because every Bungie's very good at fixing what they break. Taken King was great. Forsaken was also in the same vein. Fixing the game that they broke. 
But the Black Armory DLC is them accepting calmly that this is an MMO. They stopped fighting. They stopped throwing a fit. They're go to they're going to therapy. They're going to school. They're going to work. They're changing their friends. Watching the sugar intake. They're an MMO through and through. And it's the it's my favorite DLC because they have it all together and they're not fucking with you. So there is I have completed air quotes the Black Armory DLC. There's a central narrative that has sort of resolved itself from week one to now and they what they've done is they've essentially woven the narrative through every game system so they've added the forge they've added the weapons they've added a raid and they've added um extra content within the game and everything is related to the central narrative of the game which can then be resolved but get this it changes the game world permanently so when you the thing that you fix is a permanent thing that you get in the game that changes the, the the characters change the world changes and it's different now your game is now different from when you downloaded the thing to right now when you did the thing but that character's not gone like i i always point out when um you meet osiris for exactly two cutscenes: the beginning the end and he leaves that's it and you never hear from or see osiris ever again ever right. again same thing with rasputin you meet him in the beginning, you meet him at the end, and you never hear from him again. He has no bearing on the game whatsoever. Two major characters gone into the ether. You can't even see Rasputin. You can go to the room where they keep him. He's not there. He's out of office. Whatever. He got furloughed. Rasputin got furloughed. Right. <laughs> everyone's everyone no one's at work this is the first time where the dlc has narrative woven into the game in its systems and its items all together to create something that changes permanently in the game world forever as long as you did it thank you <laughs> now i get now now they've now that they can do this now i'm okay like i and also don't do destiny 3 just keep doing this we're fine yeah. stop i, I Make a subscription model like um, ESO. Yes. Well, so I don't think Destiny can do a subscription model just because of how all the history that they've done up to this point. Like, I don't think they can just go straight up, okay, now you have to pay monthly for Destiny. No, no, no. Uh, So ESO, they have too many expansions. Like, it's impossible. You'd have to spend $200 to get all of it, which you technically can. But, and they still allow that, but what they have is like, okay, we have too many expansions. For those who don't want to buy all the expansions, here's a subscription model for newer, for new players. Destiny is going to have to do that at some point. Oh yeah. Well, I, I think, I think their way of splitting the baby is annual pass and DLC. Like, I think that's how they decided to split the baby because annual pass like what you and I did the math on this. What the annual pass you're essentially paying what eight ninety nine a month, right? But the issue is the annual pass doesn't give you the expansions, right? You still have to get the expansion, right? And that's what I'm saying is after like four expansions, the game's too expensive, right? And they're mm-hmm. gonna have to just make it a subscription model. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, I'm the biggest thing from them breaking up with Activision is there's going to be less, there's going to be less and they're going to probably do more with less. So there's a possibility that, like I said, we'll see what their plans are, but if they just keep adding on to destiny two in the same vein as the black armory, 
then they'll just continually have a game that's really dense and yes they'll have to just charge people monthly for it which that's what that's why mmos have to do that that's why mmos are monthly subscriptions because there's too much content well so uh well i will will... not enough content and then they end up in too much content right i i will bring up final fantasy again um since we're talking about mmos final fantasy is a fairly expensive mmo the cheapest option is you're paying 13 bucks a month it's really expensive i feel like i'm cheating there's just so because of the amount of content. Like, so they just released a patch 4.5. New 24-person raid. New dungeon. New primals. New endgame world. New items. Balancing. New narrative story. All this leading up to wow. their expansion. Oh, new, they added a brand new class that actually came early because we weren't even supposed to get Blue Mage until Shadowbringers. And then they were just like, eh, we'll throw it in there now. Beta okay. test it. Yeah, you guys can beta test it for us while we iron out the kinks. Um, but that's a lot. I got more in 4.5 than Destiny provided with Osiris and Warmind. Right. And the thing is, is that once you buy the expansions, you don't pay for the patches. Like, no. there, there's the expansion, and then there's, like, essentially, like, five major patches, and then, like, with each, after, each, like, you have... 4.1, 4.2, and then there's like the 4.4.3. <laughs> but like there's like the five major pa- patches, and then there's the expansions, and then there's micro patches. But you only pay for the expansions and the subscriptions. And the subscription. So like each patch usually drops new new gear, new recipes, new dungeons. The pat like 4.4 dropped four new dungeons. And I yeah. think, and I think it was what four point two dropped Savage Mode of the raid. That's the other thing that they do. They go back and the con- the old content they make that relevant again. So a minor thing that four point five did that I think is actually brilliant. All of the mounts that you got from two point one can fly. They can fly now. Which means people that only had one or two of the two point one mounts are gonna bring them out. So now people are going to see all these new mounts coming out. I was like, yo, where did you get that flying lightning pony? And I'm like, oh, I got it from doing the extreme mode of this raid from 2.1. Oh, snap, can I do that too? Now you, you are giving people a reason to go back and look at, look at the old content. Mm-hmm. One of, the, one of the, the thing my complaints with Destiny, there's really no incentive beyond the, the strike roulettes to go back and do old stuff. They also still haven't made the strikes like narratively relevant in uh there's also that in destiny i mean there's like lore relevancy but like again in destiny one the strikes were actually um the uh forsaken strikes are relevant destiny destiny 2 vanilla strikes that that's the biggest flaw in destiny 2 as it stands right now is the huge disparity in quality between year one and year two because you have to do year one content sometimes like when you're just doing strikes and you have to do a year one strike and you're like Man, this game sucked. Oh, you have to do like old heroic, old missions with a higher, a higher light level, and you go, man, this level is stupid. I'm just following around this big butt cabal all over this fucking desert for five minutes, and then I kill him. What the fuck mission? You designed this, Bungie? You got guys, guys. <laughs> so the disparity in writing, the disparity in level design, the disparity in weapons, everything. It, it was they, they, they finally they fixed it. 
and I think they know how to sustain it now. By they're no, they're no longer fighting themselves. They they really just need to break the world again, like they did with Destiny One. They just need to break it. Right. They need to. They need to. What they should do is they should break Year One Destiny. Like they just need to have like a whole Forsaken thing because the thing that Forsaken did is it broke everything and they ended up remaking the dungeons. Right. That they remade some of the maps. Uh. Although they did take out some narratively important ones and made entire, they made the entire moon worthless. Um, well, that's what they're that's what they're doing with the Black Armory by okay. adding the forges. They're adding they're adding lore and they're chewing. They're adding and they're starting to slowly twist worlds that were boring. Like the EDZ has two forges in it now. Okay. And and the narrative of those two forges on the EDZ changes what's going on a little bit slowly, and what even like what guardians doing like and one thing a sneaky thing that they're doing is they're adding on they're quietly talking about non-american guardians because guardians the guardianship was like all like american gi joes and that was our understanding of who guardians were they were all like gi joes with superpowers but now you have the black armory is introducing the concept of what french guardians were like and what norse and, and what the norse guardians were like and what japanese guardians did and what they their stories and it's just like what what the what their weapons look like and it's now kind of expanding on what guard uh, first of all expanding on the fact that guardians were definitely i guess guardians are despite the fact there are 40 million of us we are the minority we are a minority now we're no longer earth we're no longer space police like we were in destiny one we're clearly a minority narratively and there are a lot of different types of people doing things with guardian and it's like they're they're slowly trying to change even how we understand what we are in the world, I'm imagining that they're building up to it. Like the narrative right now is essentially shrinking who guardians are. We're no longer the Avengers. We are very strange to the rest of the universe. We are very strange. <laughs> oh, and, like the fuck? Right. They have all these powers and it's like, yeah, they've even rewritten some flavor text for some exotics and stuff like that. They're like, they're really starting to poke at exactly what a guardian is through the eyes oh, of everything else in the universe. Green lanterns. What? The Guardians are Lantern Corps. Right. It's just like we're not, it's not as, it's not as smooth, it's not as great an ideal as you think. It just isn't. They've introduced, like I said, the concept of just Guardians being straight up dicks. Like it's just part of the lore now. There are some Guardians who murder people with their Guardian powers. There are some Guardians who have no interest at all with doing good. Like there's that whole character, the Drifter. His whole point yeah. is learning how to murder Guardians because he understood Guardians growing up as terrible people. Like, the fact that Guardians are good now is some new shit to him. He left. <laughs> he left with his light to go figure out a way to make sure that Guardians never be are never have the option to being bad again. Because they were lording over chunks of the planet Earth. Because they had superpower. And, well, like, and Like, if you think about it, the Guardians are immortal space wizards. Right. And like, death is a minor inconvenience for us. Right. And the fact is, is that we're now, they're now engaging the fact that Guardians we're not sure if the guardians are right and guardians don't have to be right just because you're a guardian doesn't make you a good guy at all <laughs> so it's like there's like we don't the the guardians now where they're now hinting at the fact that they're just operating in shades of gray we are that was kind of the point of the forsaken narrative and now they're really leaning into it like we don't know what guardians are good or not i mean you're a guardian but you're out here just doing what they tell you to do how about that <laughs> i mean know? what makes you different from the cabal right and that's the thing. We're no longer, and we're now trying to figure it out. And that wherever also, they're I'm here for the turtle people, 
Yes. It, uh, it, it sounds like they're tackling the narrative of Bioshock 1 without the annoying Anne Rand influences. Not Anne Rand influences. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I know people love the Bioshock series. Um, I think they're the most pretentious games ever made. They're the most pretentious games ever made. Also, I still, I judge the fuck out of anyone who killed those little sisters. I don't fucking care who you are. Like, mechanically, they're solid and fun. Like, they, you can have a lot of fun shooting things in Bioshock. Um, the narrative of one is basically Anne Rand's wet dream. And the narrative of three is, see, black people were the real racist the whole time. I like Bioshock 2's story the best with all the DLC. Bioshock 2 had the best story because it was like, man, isn't Rapture weird? Isn't this fucked up? What the hell? Like, it wasn't trying. Like, Bioshock That's 1 true. had. Bioshock 1 was on a, so, on a soapbox. Bioshock 3, Bioshock Infinite was on a, a, the whitest soapbox Twitter has ever produced. The whitest liberal soapbox <laughs> Twitter has ever produced. Yes. And then by and Bioshock 2 was very much it was the it was the it was ignored. But when you go back and play it now, it's like it's not trying to tell a story. It's like Rapture's weird, y'all. For real. This place is we got shit in here. Yo. Yo, we got shit down here. I, I do feel like that Bioshock 3 was just like white people looking at white people going, What's wrong with us? Well, like Bioshock <laughs> Infinite tries to be brave and then it undercuts its narrative a quarter of the way into the game. Well, they like, try to do the whole like, oh, look at this black women both sides thing. Like, oh, look, everybody's bad. Right. And they did that in Bioshock, was it one or two where they did the exact same thing? They need to one. stop doing that. Yeah, because like it, it starts off being really brave where it's like, see, they're persecuting black people and you can kill the racist. And it's like, nope, just kidding. Here's a universe where black people are evil. <laughs> see, anyone can be bad. Everyone's bad when you give them some power. So make sure black people don't have any power at all and nothing changes because then they'll right. become immediately corrupt, just like the white people. It was basically like, don't give the Mormons power, don't give the Irish power, and don't give the black people power. <laughs> right. I'm like, um, I don't know about this narrative, homie. And yeah, that's like, uh, this isn't very good. No, I'm black. That's not how this works. You no, there's no two siderisms, nigga. Right. That game got deleted, by the way. I got the uh, Bioshock. You know, I have all the Bioshock, the collection and everything. That game will never be played again. Now, Bio I, I refuse to beat it and then I deleted it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, mechanically, they're fun. Oh, Bioshock, Infinite. Just... Bioshock Infinite was a great shooter as oh, a shooting. It was amazing. It's... It wasn't even just a great shooter. Like it, like the. It I, looks beautiful. I genuinely love how they implemented like the powers in it. It was just yes, right. I was like I'm just gonna pick this up and fling it at your face. Like right. it was so fluid and so like I was walking around like, pew, 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 just stuff everywhere. But like, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the narrative can quickly take you out of the uh, the experience. Um, so I, I, I want to bring up something because uh, you were talking about you feel like Destiny needs to break the world. Yes. So, so what you're saying is they need a calamity. Yes. The, the, I mean, so <laughs> I mean, my, um, oh, my, my, my my two games that I could like actually teach classes on, right? Um, when it comes to MMO, if you want to make a perfect MMO, for the longest time I said, look at DC Universe Online because they have streamlined what an MMO is 
how to balance PvP and PvE and make both matter, but not punish you for liking one more than the other and still allowing you to get the full narrative experience while favoring one over the other. Um, and just mechanically, it may not be the best game, but the core concepts that they try to capture, I could teach a class on. With 14, I could teach a class on learning when you fucked up. <laughs> because 14 1.0 was a giant mess, but people were like, the story is great, but mechanically this is garbage. So they said, cool, burnt. They literally burned the world to the ground and said, now we start over. And they made that part of the narrative. Like they broke their game down to its core, rebuilt it, redid the mechanics, redid how it looks. And then released and they, it as a Realm Reborn. Yeah, and they said, and this is the new expansion. We and wove that into our narrative. Right, and they're like, also people who had one dot, who had the first version, you already own a Realm Reborn. Welcome. So I, I, if Destiny does something like that in the future, I would not be surprised, especially now that they're going to have to continue this without the financial support of an Activision. Um, they may end up like breaking their world just for scaling purposes. Yeah. Um, I would also, I would also like to caution people. If you're excited about this news that they're breaking up from Activision, all of the decisions that were made within destiny one and two that you didn't like were bungee decisions. Yep. That wasn't Activision dictating the, the decisions that Activision made were release a destiny two and release a destiny three. Yep. But Bungie ultimately had creative control. Right. This is what right. I mean by they were really hell bent on making us understand that they weren't an MMO. Yes, they were that, hell bent. That was bent. a Bungie decision. Right. The only thing that Activision laid out was production management, which is deadlines. Right. They just let so, out this is what you're under contract for. These are your deadlines. This is when you need to have stuff by. Make your game. Here's all the money to make it happen. So I, I, I caution everyone. One one thing that Bungie was really good at, um, whether intentionally or not, getting people to blame Activision for all of their mistakes. Right. But those weren't Activision mistakes. Those were straight Bungie mistakes. Right. So um, I, I will quote Hamilton here. Washington can help you now. No more Mr. Nice President. So good <laughs> luck, kids. Right. Um, and what they should actually do is kind of what Tara did, because Tara also broke their world. Uh, well, not really. So when Tara first came out, it started off as, we found this brand new world. Here, you're now a person who is now going to explore this new world. You're one of the first people to land on it. The game's been out since like 08. Like the game's been out for, for forever. And so because it's been out so long, now their intro to it is, the world's been colonized. Now you're joining the war against these people that we found. Like they changed the narrative against uh, look at this new world to colonizer, kill the indigenous people. Um, <laughs> oh God, that is the narrative. Right? Oh God. <laughs> I am the villain. So glad it. When we started playing Terra, James looked at me with such disgust, like, pathetic. <laughs> What's funny is he actually, like, he saw me playing, he was like, you'll be playing Final Fantasy XIV in a week. 
And then in a week, I was playing Final Fantasy. Right, and it was really funny because um, two of our people who were we play games with, they're like, "Yeah, we play Final Fantasy," and I'm like, "I used to play Final Fantasy 14. I fucking love that game. I will go over there in a heartbeat. I will switch servers. I will do everything. I love that game." So Justin had his brother in one ear, and then me and two other people in the other ear, and none of us were talking to each other. So he just got was getting Final Fantasy 14 propaganda from like. <laughs> different people without have without any of us knowing that the other person was doing it it's like walking down the street and your local crack dealer says hey i have this crack the first hit is free and you're like no thank you crack i don't do drugs but then you see all your friends are doing drugs and they don't buy crack from this crack dealer but they're all doing drugs and they're all having a great time and you're like well maybe i should try the crack the first <laughs> hit is free after all um Oh God, what was it? It's a Tales from the Tour Bus. It's either the James Brown one or the Bootsy Collins one where they talk about trying heroin for the first time. Oh my and, God. And they're like, never give me this shit again because if you give it to me, I'm going to get addicted. This is the greatest shit I've ever had in my life. You cannot let me have this ever again. No, we're not about to do this. I think that was Bootsy. Oh God, that's a, that, that is a great series. Like the first season I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, probably because I have more of a connection to the funk rock scene than the country music scene. But Tales of the Tour Bus is amazing. I hope they win an award or something for it. it it's just I love great. First off, I just love Bootsy Collins. Like I like everything you see, like from my bright colored hair to the fact that I love sequins, all of it is because I love Bootsy Collins. <laughs> he is a national treasure. Yo, he him. he got he got James Brown high off of acid. Wait, what? Okay, okay, okay. Story time, story time. So when Bootsy Collins was playing in James Brown's band, before every show, he and his friends would put LSD in orange soda and they would pass it around. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, that's the blackest shit ever. <laughs> James Brown caught them outside before a show when they were supposed to be rehearsing and he saw them drink this to James Brown, this looks like orange soda. So oh, James Brown no. looks at Bootsy and says, gimme, hit me. Oh, no. And James and Bootsy Collins is like, now I'm sitting there like, am I really about to give James Brown this acid? He doesn't know there's acid in here. Am I really about to give James Brown this acid? So I gave James Brown some acid. <laughs> and he drank the whole cup. <laughs> and he said, now let's go to work. Red Bootsy, no, <laughs> because James didn't know that that was acid, he just thought they were dicking around. <laughs> um, he didn't know they were doing drugs. That oh god, the 70s and 80s were so problematic. Don't do that, anybody. Um, <laughs> uh, also, not, not that's not the most wild James Brown story ever. There's a story about how he shot up a club in South Carolina. Oh, because, I, I knew about that one, yeah. He stole someone's girlfriend, and then the guy said, okay, yeah, you can keep her. She's yours. And he got mad at that, and he shot the club up. Um, wait, James Brown stole someone's woman. And okay, then yep. the guy was like, you got it. You're James Brown. And then he got mad Yep. and then shot up the club. After the dude was like, he just yielded. He yielded like M'Baku on the waterfall. Yeah. He yielded. Yeah. And well, so he got he shot yielded. up. He yields in the most passive-aggressive, well, it's not even passively aggressive. It's 
So the name of the person is Joe Tex. And he put out this song called You Keeper. And the song starts, James, I got your letter. The other day, you said I can have my baby back, but I don't want her that way. So you keep her, you keep her, man, she belongs to you. I taught her how to dress. I taught her how to walk. I made her what she is, but she's yours now. You can have her now. That's the the oh. whole song. Oh, he didn't yell like Mbaku at all. He yelled like an asshole who started to get shot up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's not. Especially if I if I got if I got the if I got the freedom to be irrational, because James Brown had full irrational freedom at his peak. <laughs> yes, he did. He could have kicked any human being in the chest anywhere. And they would be like, oh, it's James Brown. What up? So he in that club he shot up. He almost kills Otis Redding because Otis Redding just happens to be singing there. Yep. Hmm. And this is your lesson on 70s funk and how awful they all are. Oh my god. It, mm. That whole series is wild. Like, we all knew Rick James was out here wilding. I didn't realize Rick James was out here wilding like that. Uh, Rick James was wilding all over the place. But Rick James wasn't so far gone to not mess with Jim Brown. There's a there's a story about Jim Brown's daughter was at Rick James's house for a party. And Jim Brown shows up looking for his daughter. Mm. Rick James disappears. <laughs> he wants none of that smoke. He's like, nope, bye. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, uh, uh, James Brown is a... Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he's awful. Yeah. Just Oh, no. The, the, not even getting into the decades of domestic violence with James Brown, because I think he beat, he beat his last wife. He beat his girlfriend before he got married. Um, he was abusive to his staff. He was abusive to his bandmates. Like he's just, he is not a good person. Um, and there's like a lot of stuff that we, I say we like people are like just now learning about James Brown, but our like, I talked to my dad about this. Like, oh yeah. James Brown definitely beat all the women he was with. I have no doubt in my mind that he did that. He was right. an asshole. Right. Yeah, like everybody who grew up in that time, like everybody knows that he's just a raging asshole, and it's just something that people like to conveniently forget. But like, no, nigga was an asshole. He was just scum. Like I, I, I imagine that is how the generation after what the, the the latest one is Gen Z. I imagine how we feel about James Brown is how they're gonna feel about Chris Brown. We're like, they're going to rediscover that Chris Brown was an asshole. And then they'll talk to us about it. And we'll be like, oh, yes, he was an asshole. That's right. You didn't live through this time. So you don't have context for these things. Right. Chris Brown is just horrible. That's why we're all like, why the fuck is he still out here doing all this shit? Why are you all collaborating? No. Yeah. Like, Chris Brown is still, he may not be physically abusive, but he's still. Oh, no, he's still physically abusive. And he's just, like, got severe just severe anger issues yeah well i know karuchi put out the restraining order against him that he's violated repeatedly um he's behaving like a serial abuser right and like what didn't he just beat the shit out of a photographer not that long ago oh i believe it like that that, that is not something that i'm like chris brown would never no that sounds like something chris brown has done yeah, now he's doing something like every other week. Like, if people just don't stop him, like yeah. nobody stops him. Like he's just he just walks around just taking his shit out on people. 
So what are our lessons for today? Um, drugs are bad. Um, drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Um, the, if we're going backwards, um, good job. Uh, good job. Uh, engage your destiny. Engage your destiny. Destiny. Um, Overwatch is trash. We enjoy being pandered to, though. Um, the esports thing um, needs to be sorted out. Men are also trash. You can't have people playing. You... What? Cis hetero men. Cis hetero men are trash. Um, you can't have a um, diverse game without the diverse league to back it up. The diverse needs to diversity needs to need to follow through. And um, yeah, I think that we might have got it all. James Brown is garbage. Chris Brown is garbage. Chris Brown is garbage. Miles Davis beat Cicely Tyson. Well, every I'm not gonna lie, every famous black entertainer, they are all yeah. wall to wall shitty dudes. So Kevin Hart keeps apologizing, but not apologizing, and then saying he'll never address the situation again, but keeps addressing it. At this point, I guess Kevin Hart just likes setting money on fire. He because it's not like he it's not like he has to do much for the public to forgive him. He's just choosing to not even fake being sorry. Well, the worst part is, is that every time he apologizes, he says something really homophobic. He's just jumping. He's jumping in the hole. Like, he dug the hole, and now he's just jumping it in himself. He's just not even throwing. He's not, like, nobody's throwing him in there. He's just like, let me just do this myself. I'm going to dig the hole myself. I'm going to jump in the hole myself. Look, I'm here. Yeah, that, that that is Kevin Hart. I don't understand why he's drawing the line here. Well, so here here's my question: Who is more upset at Kevin Hart, uh, the people in that movie he's in, or his PR person, like his personal PR person? I bet his PR person's ready to set him on fire. Right, because I, I, there has to be a please just apologize this way and shut up, Mister Hart, please. I literally never bring it up again you were just in a movie with brian cranston if you want to continue this say with say this i'm emailing it to you read this pdf copy and paste it and shut up please just stop talking just please because he's torpedoing his movie and also he's i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm not he's torpedoing that whole thing (laughs) and it's just like it seemed like it's the most serious thing he's ever been involved in so i thought he was attempting something new and this is not the way you do it to be in a serious movie with a serious actor. And um, yeah, this is what? Actor. 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 I mean, Brian, Brian Cranston, like Brian Cranston. I mean, it, he does seem for all intents and purposes to walk around like he is the act like walking around in a scarf. He's a, you know, I imagine he for method for, for method acting purposes. He was just in a wheelchair on set the entire time. Like, it just like I just. Actor. I believe the PR person and Brian Cranston, like Brian, Kevin Hart's PR person is going to leave him for Brian Cranston, and together they're going to set him on fire. That seems legit. Also, Nicole Kidman is in this movie. Oh, so you know, him. so you know, all these famous white actors are thinking some ignorant ass shit <laughs> because this little black comedian's on their fucking movie fucking they're, it up. They're gonna be like this is the last time we this let is the here. last time we work with dwayne johnson or no other negroes no See, negroes. 
We are done. This, with is, this is what happens when you give the Negros things. Oh no, they I, work. I, I told you not they, to give those Negros. They're only going to work shot. with Viola Davis. They're only going to work with Viola Davis. That's her, it. And they're going to continue to give her awful wigs because of Kevin Hart. As a punishment. Yes. We came full circle. <laughs> That's our show. And this is why everyone loves you. <laughs> and this is our show. Happy right. New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Or the 12th or whatever day it is. Go ahead, stand your stand your stand your Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. Please, please tell them that you liked what you heard. That's the only way I'm getting out of this closet again. <laughs>